0: We all got 2020'd, but I'm not playing the victim card and I don't want you to either. We're going to finish the year with some practical, actionable episodes to help you get momentum that will take you into a new life now. Don't wait until January. Now is the time to get in the fight. I'm Brian Tome and this is The Aggressive Life. He was a two time Grammy Award winning hip hop artist with an album named The Most Important Christian Hip Hop Album in History. He was an entrepreneur, a speaker, thought leader, philanthropist, and a New York Times best selling author. He inspired millions, millions with his art and activism. But not everything was as it seemed. Lecrae Moore, despite all the external signs of success, he was suffering His life was spinning out of control, threatening to tear everything away from him. What did it all represent? It represented unhealed trauma. Burry and forget might work for plants, but it never works for real legitimate human hurt. We're here today, though, because Lecrae made the aggressive move. He found the courage to confront his past, to stop ignoring his trauma, and walk the slow and sometimes painful road to healing. His new book, I Am Restored, How I Lost My Religion But Found My Faith, encourages and emboldens readers to confront the pain of their past and remove its power over their lives. It's available October 13th, like when you're listening to me right now. And I can't wait to dig into this fresh content with you. Not this fresh content with you, just having like a legitimate, like real deal celebrity here. Man, this guy is, this guy is legit. We're not, this guy doesn't make the rounds to like living in your parents' basement podcasts. No, he's like, he's here with us at The Aggressive Life. Welcome to The Aggressive Life, Lecrae Moore.
1: Thank you. Wow. (laughs) It's all good. I'm in the basement right now too. We're all in the basement. So it's all good
0: uh that's all right but we know that you've uh you've been under the bright lights of hollywood and all that stuff now i gotta i just have to admit here i don't know if i'm putting you in the spot here my, my favorite genre is country music which is a bit different from your genre okay mm-hmm. just a bit, a bit can you can you give us a can you give us a verse or so just so we can be acquainted with your great work
1: oh goodness gracious uh and
0: um, I, I, I know the Sugar Hill Gang too. Like every white guy knows the Sugar Hill Gang. So don't try to pass off the Sugar Hill Gang as your own stuff.
1: No, not at all. I, I definitely, that that wasn't my intention. <laughs> I lost everything I had inside a couple of years. Lost my faith. I lost my hope. I lost a lot of tears. Arrested accused, abandoned, adjusted, accused, stranded. I grew up with all this trauma. It's nothing. Forget it happened. So years later, it would show up. Life is starting to blow up. Faith is starting to crumble. The critics starting to mumble. Oh my God, I feel dead inside. I feel like suicide. Gone too far to turn back. He said, Boy, you're telling lies. I was deep inside the trenches of the devil's lair. They said, How'd you get up out? I just said a prayer. There we go.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good, man. That's one of the things I've really appreciated about hip-hop is the depth of story. I think, I think in that, in that way, hip hop and country has a lot in common. Cause there's there's a story there. And just even listening to your verse there that I haven't heard before. I mean that's that's like a lot of story, man. That's a lot of work. And you're not reading off something. That's coming deep from your soul, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. You know, I've seen a lot. But uh, you know, it, it makes you who you are. You own your story and um and you can change the world if you own it.
0: So up until I don't know, up until the last several months, most times when people would talk to you about your story, it probably was centering on your art. I mean, you've just mm. been one of those really, really rare, strange, and amazing dudes who has a faith and has done amazingly well in the quote-unquote faith sector and has been a crossover artist. People have uh, had you on their albums who do not have a faith component to them. Those folks have led their voices to you. You're, You're just very respected in the music industry, period, not just the Christianese music industry. You're just a real real rare bird as far as that is concerned. All that was supposed to be a preamble to what I'm really excited about with you, but just my preamble, any comments on that or things that uh, you want to add into that?
1: I mean, you know, I just, pioneering is um, is a passion, you know, it's just, it's authenticity and, and pushing in places that um, people don't push and haven't pushed and I, you know, a lot of it—it's not as if I'm some super courageous person. It's, some of it is just I'm just been naive. So it's like, oh, I didn't know if you jumped off this cliff, you'd fall, but uh, I didn't. I flew, and some people are like, oh, wow, look at—he's flying. I didn't. I had no idea. I uh, just, man, this has been a journey.
0: How old were you when you made your first dollar from music?
1: That's a good question. Um, I'm sure I was like thirteen. 13, 14. And that, and it was just from somebody like a block party needing. Oh, no, I take that back. It was 13 years old and I won a competition at a festival. Hmm. And I went up there and rapped at a festival, won a competition. I think I won like, I don't know, 50 bucks in a trophy. And I was on cloud nine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and was that the moment where you thought I could actually make a living for doing this long term or did that come later?
1: No, I came later. I, I was actually um, in my early twenties, working at a cable company, and um, you know, I put out a, an album. When I say independently, I mean like independently, like literally, the only place you can get it was my website. Mm. And I and I started get to get booked for shows on the weekends, you know, and it was like two hundred bucks and you know, gas money. It was like, i give you 200 bucks and $25 in gas money. If you come do the show and I would drive across the country, my rent was $400 at the time. So I figured if I can do a show on Saturday and Sunday, then I can pay my rent and it's, this could work. So
0: that's, uh, you know, we, we talk about being aggressive here in the aggressive life. And so many people think that the aggressive life means maybe there's just one big decision that I have to make. And if I make that one decision aggressively, my whole life is gonna change. But what you did is you just aggressively said, huh, I'm gonna give up my weekends. I'm gonna give up my yes. weekends. I'm gonna earn some extra jack. And what do you know in the in the course of time, your entire life changed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Was,
0: was there a moment that you knew that you were gonna be one of the few that can earn your full-time living from music? Well, What was that moment for you?
1: Well, it was very scary for my mom. Because for her it was this inconsistent pathway. It was a, it was frivolous. It was kind of like music industry. I don't know about this. And where's the consistency? Where's the job security? There's no four hundred one k here. What does this look like? But I think she knew that I had a passion, and I knew that you know the nine to five corporate world was not what I was cut out for. I was, a, I knew I was an entrepreneur, and music was the first place that I wanted to express. Uh, that side of who I was. And so I, you just, I was just young and idealistic. And so when you're young and idealistic, you take risks and yeah, that's where I was at.
0: Nothing wrong with that. And yeah. your risk paid off. I mean pretty impressive Grammys and yeah. all that stuff. And I don't mean just paid off help you financially, but I just paid off. You made you made the right move in life, brother. Really, really strong. Right. And you're going along well. This is what this is where I want to spend most of our time on here. Uh is You're going along. You look like you have the world by the tail. You're coming out with a book, and like I'm expecting the title of the book to be "How to Live Your Dream." You know, (laughs) how 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 to make it happen. How to I I don't know, but it is on uh, something that is less weighty and heavy, and actually less helpful than your actual title, which is "Moving Beyond Trauma." Why did you choose that for this book to write right now?
1: Well, I mean, obviously we're in in a, in a really weird place in terms of our world um, as far as COVID is concerned. And and people are having to wrestle with some unique realities that are traumatizing. I think we're in a state of collective trauma in a sense because we're all having to process the world changing in front of our faces. and And so I thought it was helpful on that front, just helping people navigate that sense of collective trauma. But then I also felt like it was necessary because people tend to believe in the fairy tale or the fantasy that once you hit a certain benchmark in your career or financial stability or whatever kind of goal you're chasing, that all of a sudden you find like a utopia. And uh, and I wanted to kind of erase that myth for people. So that they can be consistent in character development, no matter what level they are in society, to continue on the character, emotional, spiritual, mental, relational health, regardless of where you are. Because there's no place that kind of insulates you from having to take care of those things.
0: What's your trauma been? I assume you're going to talk about in the book, so I'm not having you talk out of school, but take us in your trauma, brother
1: there's generally eight major traumas that people can experience. I've experienced probably five of them. And, I, you know, physical abuse, sexual abuse, neglect and abandonment um, being some of the more prevalent ones that I experienced all before the age of 10. So it, it continued after that. But before 10, I'd gone through all of those particular things. And, um, and so what I learned, one of my survival techniques or coping techniques was if I perform, I'll find affirmation and acceptance. And so I began just performing to be appreciated And what ends up happening is that you end up in a performance trap uh, where you're you don't really know your true identity because you're you're constantly on. And I remember hearing Johnny Depp from Pirates of the Caribbean and many other amazing uh, things say that he he played so many characters that at one point in time he didn't know who the real Johnny Depp was. And I think that happens to us. We begin to amass success and affirmation and we don't know who we are. Uh, because we're just covering up, you know, all these wounds that have gone unhealed. And so that's kind of where I found myself, patching up wounds. You're at the top of the top, but you haven't dealt with a lot of the the trauma that has festered over the years.
0: Was the trauma that you just mentioned, the sexual and physical abuse, emotional abuse, was that from a person or is there a bunch of different people that were doing that to
1: you? multiple people so that you know just the environment that i unfortunately was exposed to you know created that whirlwind and um unfortunately it was a lot of it was normalized because there's so many other things going on around you you know there's violence there's drugs there's people becoming addicts and people you love um incarcerated and so all of these particular things are happening and you normalize it it just becomes well this is this the way life is. Until you get older and you recognize and realize that that is a lot of weight and that it's not normal to have had to deal with all those particular things, so right, yeah.
0: What what, what are some of the marks, Lecrae, that you're that someone may have undealt with abuse? Is there a list for you? Is it, is it a listlessness? Is it a impending yeah. fear? I mean, what what is it that's, that, that would tell us that we might need to do some deep inner work?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it is not recognizing e- your coping mechanisms or, or that you're coping through stress and trials and tribulations. And so, you know, accepting or acknowledgement is often painful, but denial is deadly. And so it's even acknowledging and accepting that, hey, you know, these things typically create problems for people. You might want to go to therapy to see if these are creating problems. And I think for me, I, I I suffer from what a lot of people call CEO syndrome, where I just burn out. You know, you just literally woke up and you're like, you're burnt out. Like you've endured so much extra stress. I think childhood trauma is like, imagine if everyone in the world is a paper towel, you know, a nice bounty paper towel. Childhood trauma is like putting water on that paper towel. And so you're out here trying to navigate all of the things of being an entrepreneur and an artist and a father and a leader and a husband and all these particular things. And you're putting that on top of that paper towel. Now the average person, that paper towel is going to have some tension. It's going to be difficult, but for those people who have undealt with trauma, it's a wet paper towel. So it's, it's, it could snap and Mm. mine snapped. Mm. The snapping was the wake up call for me that, Oh my goodness. And a, a lot of very successful leaders um, have these breakdowns and they don't talk about it you know they just they take vacations and try to figure it out but they're they're just kind of plowing through life in their careers without taking a minute to pause and have enough time in your schedule to anticipate the future and be excited about it and reflect on the past and be in the present and that's something i think um, a lot of people don't have
0: what did the snapping look like for you
1: so it was a progression, right? I think it was this progression of, man, I'm really stressed out and it's the stress is happening on a on a daily basis. So maybe, you know, you're dealing with uh, shows and you're dealing with, you know, business deals and sponsorships. And then by midnight, you're done with your concert and you, and you have a drink. Well, you're on tour for 30 days. So you're having a drink every day for 30 days. Well, that drink is turning into more and more and more and your tolerance level is getting higher and the stress load is not going away and the problems aren't going away. You're just plowing through them until your body says I'm done. And for me, it was, it was waking up in a clinical depression. I didn't really know what was wrong with me. I just knew like the sun is out, but it doesn't seem, everything seems bland and, and something's wrong. It's like a glaze is, is over over my perspective on life, and I was walking in a depression and didn't, you know, didn't realize it.
0: Well, a lot of people feel that, or they go along like that for a long period of time and don't do anything about it. What, what, what was it about you that you were able to go? Hold on, I feel this and I don't like it. I got to do something because most people just keep powering on. They keep they just yeah. keep drinking more. They just numb out whatever they can. What? why do you think you were different to try to get help
1: um I, well well part of it for me is that i've always been a very um i've wanted to be self aware i've always wanted to to know what i didn't know i wanted to know about my blind spots i wanted to be you know vulnerable and 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 i wanted to be a lifelong learner so i i think part of me that was wanting to wanted to investigate but as long as I can keep going, I think I was fine. I think waking up in that clinical depression, it, it was causing too many problems in other aspects of my life. And so, so now I couldn't enjoy playing with my kids. My wife and I couldn't connect in the same kind of way. And it, and it was just, there was no enjoyment now in the pursuit of things. It was just like going through the motions. And, you know, if you don't enjoy it, it's really torturous. Like it's... If you can't find one place of joy, like drinking, may have been the one little place I had, and even that was gone. It was just nothingness. So that that really was the switch that turned on for me.
0: Uh, I'm sure I'm saying stuff that's going to be in your book. I know you're not ruining the book for us. I'm just trying to woo people to go on their own journey here to make an aggressive move. Because I'll tell you what, what the passive weenie boys and weenie boys, weenie girls do, what the passive ones do. Is I'm feeling odd. I'm feeling strange. But whatever, I just keep powering through it. Sometimes powering mm-hmm. through it is a passive move. You're just doing what everybody else does. You're yeah. not. You're, lo- yeah. you're not doing deep inner work. You're not. You're not pushing yourself. I mean, it's a it's a hard push to go. What is wrong with me? It's a hard push to have memories that people did to you that you really don't want to think about anymore. That's a, that's a hard aggressive push. Tell me why I should do that, Lecrae. Why? Why? <laughs> should, why? That sounds too hard.
1: Well, you, you said it. I mean, one re, one thing is you said you said it's it's passive to not do that. And let me and, and that's a great point you made because you know if you're aggressive, if you're in pursuit of whatever it is, you know, when you want to run a Fortune five hundred company, you want to run for office, whatever it is that you may be in pursuit of, you're probably what I would call a speedboat leader. And speedboat leaders push through and plow through aggressively. But the fear is that you'll be passive and you'll be floating out there like a raft. And no one wants to be a raft, especially leaders. The raft just kind of is out there, no direction, and and it it ends up wherever the water wants to go. But the the thing is, if you keep plowing and pushing through like a speedboat, you're going to run out of gas and you're going to end up a raft. Right, when you're out of gas, now you're just floating out there. And so the, the solution is to become a, a sailboat, right? A sailboat requires work, it requires aggressive work, but it also means you have to be attentive to where the wind is blowing and adjust your sails accordingly. And that's doing the work of, you know, therapy or uh, family restructuring and reverse engineering and planning. And that's that, that takes work but it's way more rewarding at the end of the day. And you, and you don't run the risk of just being a raft sitting in the middle of the water, going whichever way it turns it's, it's, it's intuitive. And, and, and so that's why I would say it's worth it to do that work because you, you end up a much more healthier version of yourself. You can get way more done. You can make it across the entire ocean that way. And you don't run out of gas and you're not left at the whim of the water.
0: That's great stuff. I, I like that a lot. Um, and part of that is admitting that maybe we're not going to go as fast as we used to before because a sailboat's not going to go as fast as a as a speedboat. Yeah. But you're going to go further. You're going to further with your life. So yeah. let's keep going down the passive aggressive thing on this. And and you tell me what are what are some other relationships. One, I think if you're going to be passive on your trauma, you're just gonna go inward and be isolated. If you're gonna be aggressive, you're gonna reach out and get into some kind of community, whether it's right. a support group or a professional counselor or whatever, that, that's one. What are some other marks of passive versus aggressive when it comes to dealing with our trauma?
1: Yeah, I think you have to put your foot down on um, on saying no. I mean, everyone, not everyone, but many people have read the book Boundaries and understand the, the power of no. And every opportunity is not a good opportunity. There's a difference between being busy and being productive. And you've got to say no to the busyness and yes to productivity. And you're not going to be your most productive self if you don't say no. Um, I give myself Thursdays as my day to process, heal. I go to the, you know, I do uh, breathing, I go to hyperbaric chamber, I do some stretching, I do cryotherapy, and you can't interrupt them, right? There's because I'm in control of my schedule. The world is not, the world doesn't stop operating if I, if I shut down for a day. Um, so that takes some, that's a struggle to, to let go of, of that time period, but it's, it's healthy for you and for you to do what you need to do. So that that's part of it. Um, two is being present, you know, just, it means something. You never wanna be the person that, especially if you have a family that rides the train to success and your family's mangled on the tracks. And, and so be present. I took my son to Miami for his 13th birthday and and it was just him and I. And and he, at the end of the day, yeah, dad rented a, a Lamborghini and I got to ride in it. Yeah, he took me to all the great skate parks. Yeah, he, we went shopping for stuff, but he none of that stuff will really cement in his mind as like healthy time with my dad. When he gets older, it'll be just the moments we sat and ate together and talked and, you know, went to the beach and just hung out. Those are the things where I was present and I listened to him. And um, and so it's creating those types of things uh, in your rhythm. And, um, yeah, I, I think there's a, there's a million different things I, I could tell people, but, you know, you've got to create those anchors and those rhythms that allow you to be productive and to be consistent in the other areas of your life. It's attention. It's well, not a balance.
0: One thing you gotta tell us is what the hell is cryotherapy? <laughs> what the, What? i'm gonna go someplace and just cry what is uh, uh, cryotherapy what is cry i'm gonna go someplace to cry or are you gonna actually freeze me what what you are know, a uh, hyperbolic whatever yeah what, what are you t- what new fangled cool stuff are you doing that us in the midwest that boring I'm, lives don't have i'm not reading I'm, I'm not reading lamborghinis I'm on my pickup truck. I'm not going to some therapy room and just crying while somebody puts da- daffodils up my nostril. What what is cryotherapy? Oh
1: my gosh. I'm sorry I'm living I'm living up here. I've become that guy I never wanted to become. Uh, I've become the person I never wanted to be no, where I talk about not. all this other stuff and people are like, "What is he even talking about?" No, you're uh, not.
0: Verbal <laughs> abuse is one of my love languages. No, 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 no. What no. No, what is cryotherapy?
1: So so cryotherapy is essentially um like an ice bath. Um, but it's it, it's yeah, it's like being in a chamber and it's, it's an ice bath. But what it does is it's it's obviously healing for your body if you're if you work out or anything like that. But it also, you know, gives energy. Uh hyperbaric chamber. I go to a like the whole place that does all this restorative work. Um where, where you're just breathing oxygen, uh helping your cells repair themselves. It's it's good for your mental health as well. And so it's just taking care of me. You know, it's what what do I need to be productive? as a human being, because I'm only as good in my, my business endeavors and my creative endeavors as I'm healthy and, uh, and, and, able to, to push forward.
0: I love that line, taking care of me. We've all got to figure out how to take care of me. Don't we? And Absolutely. We all got to, We all got to figure that out. So I'm going to, I got two more, two sections for you, Lacrae. Uh, we always end at the aggressive life with the lightning round, but, um, First, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you be Doctor Lecrae. Are you up for being Doctor Lecrae? Let's do it. Okay, so here's what's gonna happen. Uh, I'm gonna give some type of trauma, and based on what you know, based on what you know, just give us some insights. Now, I'm not talking about a 10 minute monologue, but somebody out there is gonna have one of these eight things um, of trauma, and you know, if you got a sentence or two or three that relates to that, or you can give somebody something, that'd be awesome. Are you up for it? Let's do it. All right. How about someone who's got the trauma of drug and alcohol addiction?
1: Drug and alcohol addiction. Um, big key on that one is is acknowledging it because a lot of people who have addictions are in denial that they're addicted. They think they can stop whenever they want to. So a big thing is just admitting, you know what, I have a problem. Um, and then, uh, you, as you've already said, finding a community that can support you. That's going to be number one. It's going to be key our sponsors and people who can walk with you through that process so that you can kick it. That's good.
0: How about the trauma of fatherlessness?
1: Oh, fatherlessness. Um, I think the biggest piece about fatherlessness is you, you've got to come to the reality that your value and your worth is not predicated on their presence um, or lack thereof. So you are not somebody because they were were there and you're not less of somebody because they weren't there. So making sure that you can find, realize that you have worth and value aside from them and that them leaving had nothing to do with you or how valuable you are.
0: That sounds wise enough that I'm guessing you had some fatherless issues when you were younger? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So sorry. Uh, How about... Is it a trauma to lose support and fans as you pursue healing? Does
1: that is that a trauma that happen? Oh yeah, that's traumatizing. Uh, It's greatly traumatizing, and I I think you you know it's it's similar to uh, the fatherlessness. Is that in a lot of ways you have to realize as a public figure or celebrity, you're going to be objectified. You're going to be used. For whatever it is that you that you do for them, and that's all they want from you. So they don't understand that you're dynamic. You have layers. You're complex. They they if they just know that you make good songs, or they just know that you throw the ball well. They don't realize that you're a poet, or that you you know like long walks on the beach, or you have great ideas on stocks or venture capital. They don't know or care about the dynamics of who you are, and. Don't let that stop you from being your authentic self. Be you. Good word.
0: Overcoming a lost pregnancy, either miscarriage or abortion.
1: Oh, man. Um, you know, I, I never want to step into the role of of saying I know what it's like as a woman. So I, I can speak to it as a man. You know, obviously a woman, there's probably different dynamics that I'll never understand. But as a man, um, I would say, one, um, it's okay to grieve, it's okay to mourn, It's okay to experience all of that that pain. And I would say, don't 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 isolate. Um, especially with the woman on the other side of that, like be supportive and walk with her in that journey. Don't isolate. Don't go off on your own and live on your own island allow other people to walk with you and mourn with you and, and join you on that journey of, uh, of of processing what's happened.
0: Depression and
1: mental well-being. Yeah, depression, a lot of times, I mean, outside of, you know, the chemical imbalances and so on and so forth, um, results oftentimes in, in you believing lies. Lies about your worth, your value, what people think of you, where you are in life. You've got to meditate on truths um, and, and and combat the lies with truth. So that's one of the biggest things I would say is um, is fight all of those things that want to permeate your mind and that you're thinking on all the time with positive, affirming truths that are counter to that. Obviously, exercise is massive. You need those endorphins from exercising and just spending time not thinking about you know all of the negative stuff that just wants to pull you down finding healthy outlets and people that can remind you of how you know fortunate you are in so many other ways and how great you know you're you're doing in some of the other areas
0: all right so two more heavyweights on this list uh the trauma of racism and social injustice
1: oof that's heavy um <laughs> Well, well, if, well you don't want, I, if you
0: don't want to go heavy, if you just want to keep it surface, no, 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 I mean, if you just want to keep talking about going to a room and crying with people after you've driven with the Lamborghini <laughs> there, if God. you just want to keep doing that stuff, we'll, we'll keep doing that. But, you know, for people like me who actually want to help people, that's the kind of stuff I want to talk about.
1: All right. That's great. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, I, I think in that regard, you know, is lamenting. Um, And having a place to lament and to really voice your frustrations, having people you can voice those frustrations with. And the biggest thing I would say is, is use your anger constructively. You're justified in being angry but there's a destructive way to use your anger and a constructive way to use your anger. Destruction tears everything down and destroys everything. Construction says, I'm so pissed off. I'm going to build something to change the way this is. And I'm going to fight for something to be built. Um, and so that's what, what I would say as far as that's concerned.
0: And this actually relates to the title of your book, the trauma of religion and perfectionism.
1: Oh yeah. I'm not a fan of religion. And when I say that, I mean following rules to be accepted. You know, acceptance is not about how well you did it or did you get it right? Um, You you know, I always use this analogy with my wife. I say religion is about duty. So if I come home and I say, hey, I got you some flowers because this is what I'm supposed to do on your birthday. So here you go. I'm sleeping on the couch. No doubt. That's religious. That's duty. Relationship is about saying, I'm so grateful for you, and, and you accept me but despite all my flaws. I just want to buy you some flowers because you're amazing. And that's relationship, and that's healthy. And so when you're living to please people and be accepted by them, that's like religious dogma, that's slavery, um, that's not healthy. Uh, function out of love and relationship and not out of you know compliance and trying to be accepted.
0: Religious people are tough, aren't they, man? Religious people are just, they're freaking awful, awful. And and, and, the, and the the difficulty about religious people is it's it's really hard to tell who's religious and who isn't religious. I'm not talking right now about who goes to church and who doesn't go to church, so that could be one indicator. I'm not talking sure. about who's been baptized and who hasn't been baptized, so that could be one indicator. I'm talking about who it is that has a hidden... Hidden set of rules or expectations that if you don't meet that hidden set, then you are on the outs. Yeah, you know, and that and that that happened with you. Two thousand sixteen, you uh, you wrote something in the Huffington Post, which I think is pretty amazing, man. If I, if, if the Huffington Post would publish anything I wrote, I would write it. <laughs> you know, if I have a platform to sh- to share on anything, I'm going to do that. And you talked about um, some race. Some race-related issues, and man, you 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 got crushed by a bunch of religious people on that. Take us back there.
1: Yeah, that was rough, man. I mean, I think you know, it's, it's just kind of one of those places where, if faith and 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 God is about us being a family and and finding common ground and and trying to understand and listen to each other, that's not what I experienced. You know, I experienced a lot of dogma, a lot of people saying. Well, if, if if this is the way you see things, and we're done, and and I just I thought that was sad, you know what I mean? I thought that was really frustrating because I've seen that happen in other areas as well. You know, my mother experienced that, and she it didn't go well for her, and her, you know, it was like uh, if you wearing lipstick, you, you we don't want anything to do with you anymore. Um, but I I think we we have to have conversations, honest conversations.
0: People people slamming us. On the race topic, I think we're all just tired, right? I mean, people who yeah, are yeah. white, people who are non-white—it's just an exhausting topic, and yet it's a topic that that really can't go away until some things are better all all around. So, I mean, For is there sure. any, anything you can give us to help us have some sense of energy or sanity as yeah. you know as things are rolling out in our country?
1: Man, get some friends. Get some freaking friends, like friends that don't look like you, don't think like you, don't process like you and hang out, like go hang out, go fishing, go get a meal, just just hang out and, and, and become friends and realize like everyone doesn't see the world like you and it's okay, and you can still get along, you know, and so you may pick up something you didn't know. You may learn something about yourself, about other people you know, get some friends, man. Relationships change everything. You know, that's, that's what I would tell people.
0: Great word. We recently had a, um, good friend of yours, Joshua Dubois on, on our podcast. And, uh, I know you work with him on a nationwide fatherhood initiative, uh, speak to the importance of, of fathers.
1: Oh man. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm big on fatherhood because I didn't get to experience it. So for me, It's about connecting. It's about creating opportunities for your kids to thrive. And I think, you know, there's something special with being a father where you're able to help mold an environment where there's a sense of security for your kids um, where they can feel like, man, I, I don't know what it feels like to to be aggressive or to not want to be aggressive. Because when I was a kid, I, I tried stuff and I had parents whose arms were wrapped around me in case it didn't work out like I thought it would. And it teaches them to try, you know, versus them living in constant fear because they don't have that support system growing up. And so you're, you're really setting the future of our society up for a win when you're consistently in your present in the lives of your children.
0: Well, yeah, it's not like that. Just the social indicators of the increase in likelihood of poverty and all kinds of social ills when when you don't have a dad around. It's a it's a it's a it's a massive massive deal. Um. All right, are you ready for the lightning round? Because this, this, this is this gonna be fun. Okay, so here here's how lightning round works. I give you something, and you got to answer in like one sentence or less. Okay. Can you do it? Lecra- and, and all the sentences have to rhyme. They all have oh, to rhyme shoot. and they all have to, you know, be in uh haiku or something like that. <laughs> all right. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's, see. Um, let's say someone had never heard your music. Where would you tell them to begin?
1: My music is winning. Start from the beginning.
0: Favorite rap album, your favorite rap album of all time.
1: It's not a conversation. It has to be restoration. He's
0: actually rhyming. When do you think you'll be able to have concerts and tours again? Mm. This is not a political question. Just, I'm just curious of your of your opinion. Yeah, I, I, yeah no,
1: I hear you. Um, I'm not sure if it's true, but 2022.
0: 2022. Are you freaking kidding me? You're giving me trauma right now. 2022? Oh, my at. gosh.
1: Oh, man. Give me a drink. I'm going to start Unpopular drinking. Opinion. Unpopular opinion. All right. No,
0: you're, you're probably accurate. I just, I just hate hearing it. Dream collaboration partner.
1: Hmm. Dream collaboration. I probably feel doing a song with Lauren Hill.
0: Mm. Yeah. Most aggressive move you've made as a
1: husband? Uh, 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 I don't know what rhymes with this, but uh, essentially agreeing to take over the laundry. Oof. <laughs>
0: what
1: was I thinking?
0: That is sexy right there. That is, that is aggressive. I bet your wife digs that, man. It's a gangster. all right musical artist people would be surprised to hear that you enjoy
1: people would be surprised to hear that i enjoy oh i think it's fine but florida georgia line
0: damn that was florida georgia line (laughs) hey might get a little crazy tonight Hey, those guys got like a a faith reemergence thing going on. You see, they got Chris Tomlin on their stuff, and I saw that. It's a good song too. Fascinating. Most aggressive move you've made as a dad?
1: Ooh, uh, agreeing to make breakfast every morning.
0: All right, I got to make sure the guys are hoping their wives don't hear anything of (laughs) happen right now, because you you are setting the bar way too high. Doing laundry, making breakfast every morning. Oh my god. Dude, gosh. just just going into rooms Aggressive. and crying with them? I mean you gotta be you gotta be You in this cry
1: Yo as, People are gonna Google cryotherapy and be sorely disappointed they don't get to go cry in the room somewhere. <laughs>
0: Okay. Uh, all right. Just a couple more. The best thing is, the best thing is we're on, uh, we're on Zoom right now. And th- it's so funny because just to see your face <laughs> every time I say, your face goes blank as you process it. All right. All right. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> all right. Just a couple more here. Um, secret to creativity.
1: Oh, oh uh Consistency. You have to be consistent to be creative.
0: All right, I'm going to have you blow that one out a little bit, brother. What 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 does that mean consistency
1: and creativity? All right, people like people always say it's the quality not the quantity, but if you don't have enough quantity, you won't get the quality. So, if you're not you have to be disciplined yourself and be consistent in in writing or sculpting or painting or whatever it is, if you want to be creative, you can't just wait for inspiration to hit you. It's not going to work.
0: Yeah, it's probably, I mean, if you've got, I don't know what it is, if you've, got a, if you've got right now published 5,000 lines of lyrics, how many lines in total just went in the garbage can? Exactly. I
1: mean, would, exactly. you, have a, would you have a guess on that? Oh my gosh. For every 15 songs that make it, 70 don't. So...
0: So you're you know. wasting 50, "quote unquote" wasting fifty five songs just to get to fifteen, but it's those yeah. reps. It's that it's that yep. aggressive work ethic. Yep. That's a, that's a big deal, man. I I meet so many people who feel like being a a quote unquote celebrity or being having their dream job is going to be easy, man. It's it's just rough, rough work. It j- it just yeah. doesn't end.
1: Yeah, it's it's always going to be hard. It's just whether or not you enjoy it or not.
0: All right. And uh, one more. Why should listeners begin a healing journey?
1: If you really want to win, if you want to be successful, then you've got to be successful internally if you want to be successful externally. You'll never find the happiness you're looking for externally if you don't find the internal peace that you that you need.
0: Anything, uh, anything we're not talking about right now that you want to talk about any question you wish I would have asked you any soapbox that you want to stand on top of. I just want to make sure that you're giving us what you want to give us.
1: Yeah. I, I, I need you all to go listen to my music and go buy my book. Okay. Not for me, for you. All right. That's it. Go get it for yourself care about yourself. That's it.
0: So tell us how to do that. Pump yourself, whatever it is, your social media accounts, the name, your book, just go ahead. Just, we're, yeah. Cause we're in man. You've given us a level of vulnerability, uh, a level of um, generosity here today with your time that uh, yeah, we want to, we, we trust you on that. So tell, tell us what to do, where to go.
1: Yeah. Make sure you follow me on uh, social media. It's L E C R A E. You pick your poison, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm there. I'm all the places. So, Come follow me. I will take you somewhere. And and then, yeah, the music is available on all streaming platforms. The album's called Restoration. The book is I Am Restored. And, uh, yeah, I want you to experience it. There's a docuseries on YouTube uh, called The Road to Restoration. So there's an ecosystem. I'm really giving you everything. It's like it's here for you. Come get it.
0: Trauma is w- real, guys. More of us have it than we realize. It's a, it's a silent killer. And uh, Lecrae, you've been been very courageous and very generous with us so thanks so much man and uh until the next time this is brian tome and lecrae it's great having you here on the aggressive life Pleasure.
1: until the next time
0: hey thanks for listening for more aggressive living head over to BrianTome.com. get signed up for the mailing list to get regular shots of positive aggression sent straight to your inbox And while you're there, you can also find articles, podcasts, and books. I'm also active on Instagram. Search Brian Tome. Special thanks to the band Judges for the music. Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.